One of our very favorite iTunes reviews we ever got was called the the title of the review was you don't like the show we get it and then it was rated three out of five stars they gave us three yeah we're three Uh, out of five stars you don't like the show we get it we get it but we still give you three hi welcome to the women who podcast show my name is Alison Fraser and I'm delighted to bring this podcast to the air each week Through the course of hosting this podcast in all its guises this year, I've had the privilege of speaking to some amazing people. And I've got a special interview with you today, and it's one that I've held off from releasing for a few months because I did not want to edit it down to the 22 minutes that I'd previously been aiming for. When I started interviewing podcasters for the previous incarnation of the show, which I called Pod Bites, I reached out to podcasters who I like to listen to, And one podcast who obliged was Podlander Drunkcast, which is one of my favourite podcasts. We all have our favourites. They're the show that you will never drop when you discover something else you want to listen to. You consume every episode as soon as you can, and you can't wait for more. Podlander Drunkcast is about the Outlander show. And I didn't set out to listen to an Outlander podcast. Instead, I found this from my sister. She is a TV blogger and focuses on costume, and when Outlander was on a break, this podcast would do episodes about Jane Austen, and it was an episode about the film Emma that my sister, Emma, was interviewed. She shared that episode on her social media, I listened to it, and then I listened to the full back catalogue from episode one. You could say that the rest is history. Side note, aside from the Gwyneth Paltrow Emma film, I've not watched any other Jane Austen production, so I tend to skip those episodes. These days, they now have a network of podcasts, so each of their interests has its own podcast feed, but I think that's a subject for another day. We had a whale of a time, and I really didn't want to edit this, so I've held on to the recording, not really knowing how to treat it. So, buckle yourself in for this ride. This is me a fan of this podcast, speaking with the podcast hosts for the first time, Alison Shoemaker and Julie Starbird. I make no apologies for how amateur I may sound. Instead, see this as permission to podcast your way. Topics we discuss include their Patreon. It was the very first Patreon that I joined, and I did it purely so my name would be read out at the end of each episode. True story but their Slack channel is a whole lot of fun too. If you want your name read out on my show, then join my Patreon. You also get the Women Who Podcast membership, which is designed to help the most technically challenged and introverted of women start and grow a podcast. Also with Alison and Julie, we talk about how their podcast started, their community, and what they've learned along the way. For what started out as a fun project, They're now in the top half a percent of podcasts. So let's dive in. Hi. Hi. So yeah, I do this podcast about podcasts. I was doing a podcast before about publicity and how people, women in business could get free publicity for their business. And I ended up just talking to people about their podcasts and the kind of guests they like having on. And I thought, I like learning about different podcasts. And I'd like to speak to the people who make the podcast that I like to listen to. (laughs) How kind. (laughs) And I think a lot of people could probably learn from your podcast, whether you think it or not.
<laughs> yeah, we we truly don't, but we'll help anyone. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of of what not to do, but we've made it work for us, which I guess is maybe a decent piece of advice, like in general, but for the most part, I think we would be a pretty good example of things that you are not supposed to do when podcasting. If you were doing a podcasting class, you'd be like, don't do any of the stuff that you're about to hear in this recording <laughs> other than be funny. But you know what? We're we're funny. So we've got we're that. We and on that going. note, welcome to Pub Bites Podcast. <laughs> Yay. Copying you guys with your intros. So we have on this show Allison and Julie. From, well, what do you call your podcast these days? Now you do so many different shows. Still the Podlander Drunk Cast? Yeah, That's the, the Mothership. That's the Mothership. Podlander Drunk Cast and Outlander Podcast. Yes, we thought of it in a bar. Yes, it has been a problem <laughs> occasionally since then. No, we are not going to change it. Even though for the most part, there, there's not a lot of drunk casting anymore. It's more like... I'll have a Miller Lite and a vape pen, a little toot off a vape pen casting, but that's too long. Podlander, I'll have a little toot off a vape pen and have a Miller Lite cast. It doesn't just doesn't have the same to it. It <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue so easily. But we've also done a couple of offshoots. So we've got Podgerton Bridge Cast, a Bridgerton podcast. We've got Sickburn Jane, which is a podcast where we're going through the Austin canon book by book and talking about adaptations of her work, which has been really fun. And the newest little baby is Girls Just Want to Solve Crimes, which is movies, TV shows, books, anything where there's a lady detective. Gal detectives solving mysteries Lost. is our new purview. Mm -hmm. So we'll start right at the very beginning, which is what I like to do with the podcasts I have on. So... What is your show about? We'll just go with the Podlander Drunk Cast. Who wants to start? Allison, Julie? Well, Allison started this all yeah. because she just asked me to do it. So I think maybe Allison is the person that should sure. explain the Drunk Cast. <laughs> so my background is as, well, first, Julie and I both have worked in theater. So we have some limited expertise in acting and directing and costuming and all of those great things that go into making performance art of any kind, whether it's on screen or on stage. But we also just really like to shoot the shit and talk about things. So once I had stopped working in theater and started working as a TV critic, which is where this all this really jumped off, I one day at a bar mentioned to Julie that I thought that we should take what we were doing right then, which was drinking beer and talking about Outlander and do it into microphones. And she was sort of like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Sure. If you can get it together, I'll do it. And our friend Aaron Pagel, who the show became known as Janine, is has some audio savvy and I asked him if he would help us get it off the ground and he said yes and we sat down and cr cracked open some beers and made a lot of elbow noise and mouth sounds and and the rest is history so it's two people sometimes three people sitting around and talking about the stars television series outlander one of us knows the books the other does not and we are funny and irreverent and then also Doing some good criticism, I think. I hope that's the goal. It's very Agreed. funny. 
Yeah, I, I she just asked me because she thought I would be funny, which I'm not going to lie, I am. So is she. No, no, I didn't. This, this is a chemistry read. I asked you because we do the thing together. This is Agreed. the way we talk in front of microphones is the way that we talk in bars. But I'm also hilarious, so I'm not going to deny it. It's so, Julie is the funny one. I never really thought about podcasting. I knew it existed. I knew what it was. Allison asked me about this and I knew about the Outlander series of books because my aunt had read them like years ago and had always tried to get me to read them. And I'm like, mm, no. And then when I saw the TV show was going to come out, I was like, oh shit, this is what my aunt was talking about. And then when Allison was like, hey, do you want to watch the show and talk about it? I was like, fucking hey, man, time travel, hot Scott, let's do this. Oh, and I thought I have a correction. I, I have a correction to issue, which is you on. were already watching this show because the reason that I start, you were already watching the show because it was you and Neil. It was your special lady program. That's right. We started watching it before we started recording the show, which is to the chagrin of all of our listeners. We started actually recording the drunk cast on season two <laughs> and then had to go back and re-record reactions to season one. But it was me watching this sometimes ridiculous, sometimes beautiful television show. And then Allison being like, hey, do you want to talk about it? I'm like, sure, but I'm never going to read those books. And so it became book V TV watcher, which there's already an enormous fan base for this property. And so we were able to kind of tap into kind of an irreverent aspect of like, we're going to watch this. We're going to love it, but we're also not going to take it super seriously. So that's my bag. Except for the ways in which we do, which is one of the things that's really been important to me throughout the process is, it's really easy to do pop culture podcasts or pop culture writing and be sort of snide or gush and anything negative is considered out of pocket. And I have never been interested in either of those things. Like criticism that's sort of superior is really uninteresting to me. Adulation disguised as criticism is really Very unappealing to me because if you love something then you engage with it honestly you want it to be as good as it can be you meet it on its terms but you want it to be exceptional you want it to be challenging you want it to take risks um and and that's something that julie and i also just talk about when we talk about pop culture in general like when we're just sitting around talking about whatever very rarely are we engaging with things on a superficial unquestioning level and there is a lot of there's a there are a lot of really great podcasts about outlander about the marvel universe about anything that has a devoted fan base where if that's what you're looking for you can absolutely get that you can get adulation all over the place you can get adulation of the books and criticism of the series wherein the books are the bible and the series is the flawed adaptation which is also like the the books are also wonderful but ridiculous flawed. yeah i mean i love them 
don't get me wrong i have devoured them i've read all of them more than well i haven't read bees more than once but i've read so them all more than more once people so many more people are, are gonna approach this show through the actual program right they're gonna approach this product whatever you want to call it through the show a lot of people obviously have read these books but i feel like allison was so savvy when she was like oh oh here's the thing that a lot of people love let's talk about it critically and lovingly and we that's what we do do you get much feedback on the criticisms that you do make coming from that perspective like you clearly love the books and <laughs> and you clearly love the show Julie but you know there are some well... things that you do disagree well there are some seasons which were terrible <laughs> three <laughs> oh, oh <my> <laughs> we won't talk about boats but um, <laughs> thank you thank you i'll talk about boats do you have listeners who like write into you and say my, you were wrong or yeah my, we, we get some of that but my guess is that the people who don't want to hear actual criticism of the property are probably not hanging on they're they're not really listening because they wanted they they think we're being negative when it's not that we're being negative we're just like oh okay this could have been better or this could have been better this was great oh my god these costumes are amazing this actor is great this is great but this storyline is weird or why are they trying to force me to feel this way or like whatever so I think in this fandom we are we are offering something that isn't usual I don't know Al we do get we do get some feedback like that sometimes through social media I have like a like a I don't know beef stew of a memory on a good day where like there's a lot of good stuff in there but it's pretty mushy and smooshed together so I will often get storylines from the books and the tv show confused especially now that we've been watching the tv show for so long it's very easy for me to falsely remember things happening on the tv show that did not because I can picture the actors doing them in my head now so we get some, I specifically get some corrections where people be like, what on earth? Why on earth would you say that? How is it that you don't know that Jamie is younger than Jenny? Or I think Jamie is older than Jenny. I don't remember. I've already forgotten also, that. And I got a correction on it like three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and it's just, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of information up here. So we get those sorts of corrections, but we do every once in a while hear from someone who clearly wants to like the show because they want the jokes and they want the community because one of the great things that's come out very unexpectedly come out of the podcast is there's this wonderful community that's formed around it of like-minded listeners who are in a slack and they're on social media and they're loving each other's pets and trading book recommendations and supporting each other as mental health journeys and physical health journeys and it's really been it was such a godsend during the pandemic but it's really been incredible from the almost the very beginning beginning yeah yeah so I there are people who want there are people who want that but don't want to hear us criticize sam huon or sophie skelton or matthew b roberts or whoever it is that's there die hard and and some of those people take that very personally 
Like they take it very personally. If we are interested in Frank Randall as a character, they take it very personally. If we think that Sam Huon didn't do a great job at a particular episode and every once in a while we'll hear from one of those people. And that tends to be um, an interesting experience because we, we don't want to turn people off. But if that, if what you want is like, everything's great, then we're not the right podcast for you. So one of our very favorite iTunes reviews we ever got was called, the the title of the review was, you don't like the show, we get it. And then it was rated three out of five stars. They gave us three. Yeah, we're three Uh, out of five stars. You don't like the show, we get it. We get it, but we still give you three. So another criticism that we get a lot, because- We've been doing this podcast for the last seven or eight years, right? So that's been through some very tumultuous political times in the United States of America. And (laughs) Allison and I are both inherently political beings because we are women. Like we, we can't stop the fact that we have political ideas. And so occasionally we will get reviews. It's like, leave the politics out of it. And it's like, girl, no. Like, No, have you read these books? These books are in large part yeah. about women's pleasure that makes them in right now inherently political. Whether Diane exactly. Gabaldon would say they were political or not, they're inherently political because they are centered so largely on the pleasure of women. And now that we're in an, you know, the Revolutionary War, it's also unavoidable that we're going to be talking about all kinds of complicated issues that still that arise american history that are still relevant to what's going on in the country today and outlander has not always done a great job of that but like there is no avoiding those things so yeah every once in a while it's like we just want to we just want our stories that's great there are so many podcasts out there for you that's just not we just just want to laugh with you ladies we just want you to be funny and it's like no it's both it's like we get to be funny but we also get to be you know critical we also get to watch this through the lens of people who understand stagecraft understand storytelling and understand like how things are pieces are perceived and we get to say what we want also it's our show not yours so (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say it's your show and when you started the show were you recording in the same room and do you still yeah most of the time when we started we were like like idiots and again this is why honestly especially early episodes of the drunk cast please if you're out there thinking about teaching a course on how to podcast use ours as an example of what not to do we were recording in the same room on a glass topped table which i do not recommend we also collectively this is not this is not just us nor was it just Janine, Aaron, but we decided it would be really funny if Aaron did not have a microphone when we started. Like if you would hear his voice like piping in from the side every once in a while. That was a terrible idea. Bad. Really, really stupid idea. But but we at least were recording in the same room, which continues to be our preferred way to record because julie and i we can be funny together over a camera we did it all through the pandemic 
but it's just different. It's a different beast. It's there's a chemistry piece of things that um, is much easier to latch onto when we're in the same room. And honestly, even more so when there are other people watching us, because we are both just apparently sluts for laughs and applause. Um, but when we do we a do live show, it. that's um, all bets are off. Baby, it gets real weird. Do you do much editing? Okay, well, this is where I can answer your question. I am the person that edits, mm, I would say 98% of our files. I will say, no, we don't do a lot of editing. From the beginning, and that was Aaron slash Janine was editing at the beginning. Like he maybe had a little bit more knowledge in what, but Allison and I made it very clear from the very beginning. We want this to just sound like two friends sitting around drinking beers, talking about Outlander, like a woman to a woman talking about this show that's for premium females. Right. So like not a lot of editing, which Aaron was really good at. And yeah. Once and all. Right. And he kind of taught me how to like pull the files and do all this stuff. And then I started editing it. And I realized, oh, I can make it sound a little bit better, but I also still wanted to sound like two bitches just talking about Outlander, you know? So it's it's still pretty rough and ready. Like we have very clear like jokes for our audience who've been listening to us for a long time that we will insert like sound files of uh, this. <laughs> Whenever we're like, hold please, there'll be this weird like free Samba thing that we found where we'll just put it in because like it's us cutting something out so very rarely am I cutting out large chunks of stuff because it should just feel like you're sitting at your dining room table in your living room just talking to your friend that's what yeah. we want we also made a deliberate choice early on that was both an aesthetic choice and also a practicality choice that we just weren't going to be a show that tried to make sure um, that everything came out exactly the way we wanted it to in terms of how articulate we're being, how fluid the ideas are, how much we're on topic. So we don't do retakes. We don't really cut ums or uhs or long pauses. Usually if we're going to end up cutting something, we'll stop and say like, hey, Julie, can you go back and re-record this? And it's either because there's been some serious factual error that we caught early enough that we just it's easier to just go back and retake it or a fire truck is going by and we're not in the middle of a really good joke because if we are in the middle of a really good joke we will keep <laughs> the fire go. truck we keep the fire truck and the joke but if we're just City chatting living. and then there's a fire truck then you know we will sometimes go back and re-record that but for the most part they're they're i would say almost one take almost unedited beyond some filters and some minor occasional internal cuts mm -hmm. I think that's what makes shows like yours actually quite successful because it isn't that whole slick recording in a studio where there's no background sound like I feel like I'm in Chicago with you when oh, I good. hear the fire trucks go past <laughs> Thank there are you. so many of them there's so many of them and both we our apartments both of our our apartments are near two separate fire stations, not like on top of them, but close enough that the 
the sort of major side streets that we're closest to are thoroughfares for fire trucks. Sometimes you will even be able to hear a fire truck near me and then also eventually near Julie, Eric who's like five blocks, five blocks north of me. Um, and when we used to record yeah. at Aaron slash Janine's house, he also was on a main thoroughfare <laughs> and that stuff would happen at his house too. Yeah. So we all just kind of embraced the fact that like, no, we're just hanging out in Chicago, having a conversation about the show. And yeah, you're going to hear a fire truck or an ambulance every once in a while, because that's how we live. Like, we're not in a studio. Yeah. Although we did add a theme song to Girls Just Want to Solve Crimes. That was like a big step up for us. Big, yeah. fancy podcast moment. We have a little theme song. But even mm -hmm. that is still just like, everything else is still us <laughs> just making our mouth sounds and bopping our elbows on the table and yelling at Neil in the other room and all of that yeah. mess. One thing I wanted to talk to you about was how you've got your Patreon. Quite a few podcasts do. How soon into your podcast did you decide to have one? And um, was it easy to decide what you would want to offer listeners who did join? Um, well, we're overdue for rehauling our levels on Patreon, um, like our different support levels. But yeah, I mean, it was the actual process of getting it up and online was pretty intimidating just because you want to make sure that you're offering things that people actually want. But our goal when we started it, and I would say it was after, what do you think, like a year and a half, Julie? It was definitely after the first season we recorded, which was season two. Yeah. So I would think it was um, like 2017, 2018, maybe. Yeah. We decided that we wanted to see if we could offset just the costs of recording the episodes. Hosting which specifically. Were, yeah, hosting, which were at the time pretty minimal, the trick of podcasting is of course the better you do the more expensive it the more gets. expensive it is um but but we just thought if we could get a little support and then also find a way to communicate with people who are listening to the show because actually i know exactly how this came about we when we started we were hosting all of our episodes through wordpress which was fine in terms of just distributing like it worked fine for us but we couldn't see any download numbers so eventually I had to move everything over to Libsyn, who is our current host, which is a, a very frequent, like a very popular hosting platform for podcasts, for those who don't know. And when we did the first episode that we released on Libsyn, that was our first indication of how many people were actually listening to the show. We guessed like maybe, maybe there were 70 people routinely listening to us. And I don't remember how many it was at the beginning, but it was much more than we were expecting. It was way more than 70. Yeah. We were really surprised. And that is why we decided to start the Patreon is we thought, oh, well, there are people who actually want to listen to this. You know, it's not the 15 people who reach out to us on social media who found it and are connecting with it. There are other people that we are not hearing from that are into this, which sounds like a no brainer, but at the time it was really mind blowing for us. So we so we started the Patreon as out of that. And the best thing to come of it is we've already mentioned this, that Slack, which Allison, you're in, you're in the mm -hmm. Slack, yeah? Yeah. We pre-pandemic decided that uh, one of our Patreon bonuses would be a private Slack channel. You could join a Slack workspace for the drunk cast. It's Podlander Drunk Slack. 
and and initially at there a were level at a certain yeah level. at a certain at a certain level in the tiers and initially there were you know 10 15 people in there and that was great and then the pandemic hit and it just exploded you know for us on our relative it's a we're a niche market but <laughs> but the opportunity to connect with other people was a really big draw it certainly increased our support level but also was just such a such a boon to us personally and to a lot of other folks to have this community of weirdos who wanted to joke around and and do all kinds of wild things. So I'm so grateful to Patreon for making it easy, not only to offset the costs of making the show that we love doing so much, but also for making it so much easier to connect with the community, which I don't know how else that would have come about. I'm so grateful for it. And also, not also just joking around, but like if you're a part of this Slack, you are getting like life advice home like decoration advice like there are people in there who know how to find people to get your permits yeah we need a dentist but other than that that's the joke is we need a dentist but we've got people sharing their individual expertise um and all we've got an, an esthetician we've got quilters we've got someone who who works in intelligence we've got tech whizzes we've got costumers like we've got marketing folks fascinating it's been really cool and that's that is all them that's it grew up very naturally amongst this group of people these opportunities to help each other and share their expertise and life experience and it's really it's very cool Patreon and then they just like look happen. at right. look at gifts of Sam Huon taking his shirt off and everybody Hell yeah. And also us. what happened to that what happened to that gif of Sam thrusting after <laughs> I don't know what happened to that one but that one was real hot for a while. You might have it was to a... Go on a bit of a search and uh, yeah. revive it. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's somewhere. Then I know there were quite a few podcasts that they achieve pod fade where they just stop. Because either I know the TV show that they're talking about is no longer going or they just run out of things, run out of ideas. But I mean, with a show like Outlander, where we have like short seasons and then a long gap, I won't use the word that lots of people use to describe that. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate that. (laughs) When did you decide that you were going to then do other shows that other things that you like to talk about when it comes to TV. And then I I guess that broadens your audience, but also broadens your current audience's viewing habits as well. So if I may, when lockdown happened, it was very clear and by that, I mean COVID lockdown in 2020, it was very clear that it was going to be the outlander content was going to be weird. Like we weren't going to be able to, um rely on that for content anymore and allison and i are both enormous fans of jane austen and film adaptations of jane austen's works so we were like okay so if outlander is not around what we should do is just start talking about jane austen adaptations let's 
let's move it. And so for a while on the drunk cast feed, which was still quote unquote outlander drunk cast, we just started talking about like pride and prejudice. And like, we did it for a long time during lockdown. And we were like, these are things that we both appreciate. And we feel like we can offer interesting, sometimes funny, but critical, interesting things about stagecraft and how these films and adaptations are made. And so we did that for a while and people followed us and we, I'm sorry, we were surprised. Yeah, the numbers, the numbers on those episodes weren't quite as good as when Outlander is in season, like it's not... The Venn diagram is not a perfect circle, um, but they were, they did well enough that we realized that that was really our solution to what happens when we run out of Outlander. The other solution is there's going to be a spinoff, which we are obviously also going to cover, but doing those Jane Austen, early Jane Austen episodes was a good confirmation for us that we could take the thing that we were doing and apply it elsewhere. And both with the Jane Austen podcast and Girls Just Want to Solve Crimes, we specifically picked things that could only ever be open-ended. Like people are not going to stop making Jane Austen adaptations and there is never Never. going to be a shortage of gal detectives. So Outlander will end eventually. Eventually the prequel will end, but we'll be, we'll be in our nursing home, Mm. putting our teeth in, (laughs) talking about Mansfield Park. We'll be playing Boggle and talking about J.B. Fletcher. See, future-proofing. Yeah. 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 But I I also have another, like, idea about Podfade. I started a podcast that I want to bring back, but I did Podfade on because I couldn't record it in person. It's called Maria Solved. And I felt like I tried to do it virtually for a while after lockdown and it's just not the same because you have to in in that one the premise is who are you you are a person who has never seen star wars tell me what you think star wars is go right and that was so difficult to do over zoom like it, it there's just something about being in the same room with someone and so so i have like 30 episodes of this podcast called maria solved that just kind of petered out but i always know it's there and i might go back to it but there was a fade because outlander picked back up again and we started like recording more regularly again so i have personally definitely felt pod fade and i know what it means and it it hurts, but you're also like, oh, but that idea is still there and I can still always do it. And I think that's the thing. Yes, that's the thing about podcasting that I think everybody needs to know is nobody gives a shit. You can just keep doing it or not. It doesn't matter. Do it. Have fun. Do whatever. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's just like we just get to have conversations whenever we want so true this this chat with you guys is actually going to be my longest one so far so if you've got time i've got a few more questions that's classic drunk cast we talked we do go on we we talk too much i wanted to ask you what your highlights have been from starting your podcast so what highlights have you had allison from from your podcast starting 
like personal highlights yeah or not, not or... just not just the slack channel and the community you've got but if you had anything else that stands out as being a an awesome moment from doing the yeah podcast? so we've gotten to do a couple of major fan conventions there were, we comic con um in 2021 that was a real thrill um very weird and for some reason a bunch of very nice ladies got it into their heads that sam huan was going to be there and they were so mad at us i don't know why we didn't say sam huan was going to be there but that was that was a real highlight uh, i also had the opportunity at a television critics association press tour the pbs was doing the great american read which was a, a TV show that where they ran down a list of the, the the best American novels, like the classic great American novels, to try to figure out what the what the great American novel was. And their talent lineup for press days for that event included Diana Gabaldon. And so I pitched PBS on talking to Diana Gabaldon about Outlander and reading in general. And then got to pour her some very good whiskey because I brought my flask with me just in case. And when I offered it to her, she was like, yes, please. So I got to drink whiskey with Diana Gabaldon at a conference room in a, the Beverly Hills Hilton. It was very strange. So that was a highlight. And every time we do a live show, it's so, it's just really wonderful. It's the best party the silliest experience every time. So I have loved every single one of those, including the one that we did our first live show, which was the Sunday after the 2016 presidential election in the United States. And Julie and I sat on the steps outside the brewery where we were doing this live show and talked about I how on earth we were going to make it funny. I oh, yeah. broken my foot. It was not rough, only man. did Donald Trump got an elected president of the United States, but I had broken my foot. Yeah. So we sat on the steps and talked about how on earth we could possibly be funny and decided that we would just be funny about how worried we were about being able to be funny and how angry we were. And that is it's a very angry episode, but it's also very funny. And I think people needed that sort of catharsis. So that's like that one is a, a personal highlight for me, too. Mm -hmm. what about you julie for me yeah it was when we were i was it wizard world the first or second time where we saw lottie verbeek first time and lottie verbeek so. had yeah, lottie verbeek had glittery nail polish on and when i saw when we got up to her i was like hey that shit doesn't go away she's like i know it lasts forever that's why I put it on when it come to cons. And then we took a selfie with her like, <laughs> but it was this moment where I got to have just a real person to person <laughs> moment with an actor on the show that I was critiquing. And it was really cool. Like we got a picture with Graham McTavish. We got a picture with Richard Rankin. Like it, it, it was, it, oh, that time it was actually the highlight was Allison and I were waiting in line, I think for Lottie Verbeek. And we were talking to each other. And this woman came rum running up to us and said, are you Julie and Allison? And we're like- It was cool. That was the first time that we're happened. Like, we're like, yeah. And she goes, oh my God, thank you so much for your podcast. I am in nursing school and I listen to you every morning when I run and you really get me going. And Allison and I were like, ah. So- 
just knowing that there are people out there that we are like speaking to, whether it is making them laugh or helping them think more critically about entertainment. Maybe that's it. I should also mention we did for both the Outlander podcast and also Girls Just Want to Solve Crimes, an interview with Lauren Lyle, who plays Marsley on the show. And that is the most charming human being I've ever encountered. She is a delight. That was, I've done a lot of interviews in my entertainment journalism career. And Oh, hi, buddy. Oh, hi. We've got a dog in the room. Sorry. I know. We classic drunk cast. Anyway, she's that was just one of the most pleasurable interview experiences I've ever had. So that is also a highlight. She is everything you want her to be, at least when she's doing press. You know, who knows? Maybe she is a real butthole when no one's paying attention, but I doubt it. I doubt it, too. I started listening to her podcast, actually, after she was on your podcast. She's at it. She's at it. What we other podcast? Yeah. What, what's not to love? Mm-hmm. What other podcasts do you listen to? Can you just like name one or two? Just to uh, recommend to others. The Illusionist. The Illusionist is one that I enjoy. It is Helen Saltzman and it's about the meaning of words, like specifically definitions of words, but how they are thought of in society. And it's they're short little episodes, so they're like 15 to 20 minutes long, generally speaking. I I really like that one. I'm a big fan of Maintenance Phase, which is a podcast about the wellness industry and how bullshit it is, like what hot garbage it is. So I'm a big fan of that one. And Aubrey Gordon is one of the co-hosts and I just really love her. I also, and this is not, this is not just because I'm biased, although I am. I'm a huge fan of the comedy fiction podcast, Midnight Burger, which Julie is also in, but I swear to God, that's not why. Good, dude. (laughs) It's good. It's really, come on, buddy. What are you doing? It's time travel and outer space and humanism and funny. It's just like, it's really, it's a diner that travels through space and time and is always winding up where it needs to be. Very TARDIS-like. It's like called to the place that it needs to be, which is very TARDIS-y. So I'm a big fan of that one. And then I do a lot of news podcasts. That's, I'm an audiobook person, so I tend to try to take in my information through my ears when I can. It's an ADHD thing. So so I listen to the NPR politics podcast and morning edition and all those good things. I'm trying to think if there's like a specific pop culture podcast I want to mention, but my brain is just all Midnight Burger all the time. Need that next episode of Midnight Burger. <laughs> I have another one, but I can only really recommend the first season of it because I haven't listened to the rest of it, but I did really love it, which is Cocaine and Rhinestones. Oh, I listened to the second season. Which is Cocaine a, and Rhinestones uh, is great. A, a kind of deep dive into 20th century American country music by Tyler Mahan Coe, who is the son of David Allen Coe. And it's incredible. Like, you're going to learn a lot of things. Even if you don't think you like country music, you're going to learn things about the culture around country music. Interesting. Cool. Oh, and I've got one more. Articles of Interest, which is about clothing about about the fashion industry and about clothing and it starts out being on individual items of clothing or accessories and then later there's a season that's all about 
the Ivy look, like Ralph Lauren and its relationship in to Japanese fashion and all the anyway, huge fan, very big fan of articles of interest. So if you're into costume, that's probably probably mm. to listen to. Definitely. And what's a tip you would give for beginner podcasters? Do it. Just do it. Rec- recording yourselves and just do it. I I don't really know anything else. Just do it. I would say make the show you want to listen to. Because you could try a million ideas to try to come up with something you think other people want to listen to. And maybe you'll get lucky and maybe you won't. But if there's a thing you're like, man, I wish there was a podcast about this. I wish there was a podcast with this vibe. I wish that somebody was talking about this thing in this particular way. Make that, do that. Find somebody that you love working with, that you can have fun conversations with, that you can have difficult conversations with and make the show that you want to listen to. And don't worry too much about the technical piece of it. Everybody's podcast, oh. unless unless the professionals are doing it from the get-go, everybody's podcast sounds like shit when they start. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> then it still does like seven years later. On and point. That's, and that's the brand. It should sound like that. Oh, there is a, there's a preponderance of fireworks happening behind me right now. It's very. It's, I can hear them too, right there. Oh yeah, and so we're doing the we're doing the drunk cast thing right now. So yeah, I would say make the show that you want to listen to. Awesome. Yeah, I love those tips. And you're saying like make the show you, that you want to listen to. What I love about listening to your show, and this is probably going to sound all fangirling for anyone who's listening to this. I love that you've got nicknames for the characters <laughs> mm-hmm. and I love your scales at the end <laughs> was it easy the to nick- come up <laughs> yeah. the nicknames are just because that's that how just I happens roll. yeah that's, that's how we happens. both like that's just our that's how conversation works for us here's and then we I'm just embraced create- it create Here's I'm going to create a name for somebody that said I always have the same name because I can't remember the character's name, but I remember their vibe, right? And then the scales came up. I, I think Allison brought the scales in. And then this we have used the scales from excellent to excellent result and also to shitty result, whatever. We're just like throwing it out there because it really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> the point is, is that we're trying to tell somebody, hey, if you're thinking about this, we're thinking about it this way. But it really doesn't affect anything. The nicknames, I think, are more important because it yeah, shows I... it. It shows our language. It shows how we talk to each other. I think it's. I think the the reason that those are so important to the show is it makes everybody feel like they're sort of in on the joke. And they also tend to be like very tidy summations of one very specific element of somebody's character or an idea of like the type of character. Like my favorite of all the nicknames is probably Doomface, which is what we called this like angelic looking little boy who was just definitely going to get typhoid on a ship. Like you could tell the casting parent was like, oh, he's going to die beautifully. So we started calling him Doomface. And then this season we got Doomface Hot Edition, which was really fun. Like also going to die beautifully, but over 18 and like a man. (laughs) So, So I think it's... It makes people feel like they also speak the language, which is fun. And then is also just 
this is how we talk i don't know i i'm i'm also a big fan of the nicknames i'm so glad that people respond all of us yeah all of us allison and i specifically but all of our friends we value funny language we value funny like assignments and so we always would give somebody a nickname if they come out if they come out and they're like "Mm, you get a nickname gilf yes you get a nickname yes granddad i'd like to fuck like we just know like and then to understand that other people hear us do that and also respond to it was such a blessing like people get it yeah they understand that we're making jokes right but kindred spirits it's very satisfying exactly Cool. I've had so much fun talking you to, to you two, and um, I could probably go on for another hour or so, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, if if you ever want to talk about one of the other podcasts, please let us know. Or if you just want to shoot the shit about nothing, that is sort of our whole bailiwick. So please, that's what we do. Yeah, that's it's our vibe. Okay, please reach out again. <laughs> You'll have to come on ours. We'll have to do. We'll, we'll do a podcast about if Claire had a podcast. <laughs> For being the best doctor on, in the universe. That would be awesome. But yeah, thank we'll you. Make so it happen. Much. Thank um, you, Allison. Thanks for having us. You're the first, you. first podcast I've had on where I've got co-hosts. So it's been good to get two different perspectives. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening. Thank you to my podcast supporters, Mary Hanlon, Kristen Wilson, and Alice Nichols. You too can support the show at Patreon. All links are in the show notes. You've been listening to Women Who Podcast, the podcast for women with something to say.